Well, Mark, let's let's start with. Okay, we're gonna start. We're, we're being we're being. <laughs> look at you had your radio voice all of a sudden show up. Here I am, <laughs> at the Pacific Junction Hotel for Welcome with Kareem Kanji. Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. Seeing that we're on King Street, oh, oh, here. we're on King Street. We're, yes, we're we're, we're uh, right across from uh, what used to be the Toronto Sun Building back yes. back when that was a big booming tabloid, <laughs> right? Independent publishing in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. All the all the great mavericks the little of paper the media that, that used to work out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first time tonight, I went into the Globe and Mail Center. Oh, just uh, down the street. It opened last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I never walked through the lobby before. Were you a guest or were you spying? I was just passing through. Okay. <laughs> I was a tourist, seeing what it was all about. It it, yeah. it feels exactly what you would think the lobby of the Globe and Mail Center would be like. Sterile. Beyond sterile. Okay. <laughs> um, but but also uh, I didn't know that the the New Zealand consulate is located there and they, they seem to be giving out uh, complimentary umbrellas oh is there a delegation here from from new zealand that needs to be looked after to let them out in the streets we're, we're here on a, a rainy winter night right yeah. in, in january uh so uh, a bit of unusual weather but but all weather lately has been unusual, unusual. oh absolutely and and this is better than what we have been receiving I, I didn't get an umbrella, and it, no. it looked like they were giving them out. I'm, I'm not sure if it was uh, something that you could keep, uh, New Zealand logo on the umbrella or something. I, I didn't go far Listen, enough there's, in there's, investigating. There's a hockey stick here in in the studio, so it's not mine, but if you want to take it. <laughs> uh, uh, they, they were uh, setting up for an event at oh, the Globe good. and Mail Center, David yeah. Frum. Oh, when, he, is he, he speaking tonight? He's there, speaking or? tonight there with with Doug Saunders, right? Longtime Globe yeah, and yeah, Mail yeah, yeah. columnist. I don't know if you care about David Frum or what he has to say about it, anything. It seems Canadians uh, uh, care about David Frum all over again. There was there was a time when he was with um, was it Bush Junior. George W. Bush. He was the speechwriter. Yeah, he he, he went to the White House. He, he yeah. worked his way through uh, uh, Washington D.C. Uh, and and there you go. He got into into the big leagues, working didn't, in the White House. Didn't Canadians just disown him because he was working with, with Bush? It was it was like you know we couldn't care less. Uh, didn't Canadians disown him because he coined the term "axis of evil" to explain oh, a rationalization for going to war in Iraq mm. after nine eleven? That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, uh, David from. Just one of the many conservatives who who who's really trying hard to speak out against Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, trying maybe a little bit too hard. But I think if he goes on all these panel shows, uh, doing these live events to promote his book, Trumpocracy, keeps saying over and over again, "I don't like Donald Trump. No. He's ruined my Republican Party and everything I stand for." Uh, this man is a, a, a desecration of everything I believe in. Uh, then, I, then I guess we know where where David Frum stands. And and the more and more he goes on about it, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I like Donald Trump a little bit more. I'm <laughs> I'm curious. Really? Are you saying that in jest? Because David Frum doesn't like him? 
No, I, I, I honestly believe that uh, uh, somebody like uh, Fromm is is trying to build or rebuild his career uh-huh. on, on the back of the idea that that Trump must be stopped at all costs, that impeachment is imminent. Uh-huh. Um, and and I think there's there's a lot of cynicism there, given the fact that the guy uh, uh, spent like like decades right working mm. in, in in Canada than the U.S. as this. Uh, a conservative contrarian. I, I saw him speak about a decade ago, around mm-hmm. the time that uh, that uh, Obama was was uh, being nominated to, r- to run for the the Democrats. It okay. was uh, some sort of luncheon, um, and and he he was going on endlessly about how how terrible Obama was and everything yeah. he believed in. This this community organizer was going to ruin the United States of America. So here we are, a, a decade later, he's switching sides. Um, I, it's okay. All for the sake of selling a book. Well, and, he, and he's not an idiot. I mean, no. he, he's got some interesting uh, uh, observations. But Between but the three of us, there's one book written, and he's the one that's written it. So. What, what, what makes somebody qualified, right, to get up there and say what they think about things? We're, we're in this True. era where, where anyone can do a podcast, become a, a YouTuber, mm-hmm. uh, post something online. You know what? What what separates a, a David from at this point in time? What what gives him the authority? What, what do you think? Um, I think that we, and and I use that broadly. I think we give him the authority. I think that it's very interesting because uh, there was the other Fire and Fury book um, that came out uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, uh, Michael Wolf. Michael Wolf, and he didn't do a press junket in Canada. It seems David Frum is doing this press junket in Canada because I don't know if if, if, if America has just forgotten about David Frum or or it's like, you know, there, there's just too much happening down there around fire and fear that no one's going to give a damn about Trumpocracy. And he just looks uh, at his Rolodex, his digital Rolodex, and says, I still got friends in, in Toronto. I still have friends in Canada. Maybe I will go there and and sell my book and hopefully it gets picked up in the New York Times bestseller list and then I can go back down to the states and and and, and do another press junket yeah, down yeah. there. Every, everybody loves an expat, right? Somebody who I think who so. showed that they could yeah. could make it in America. Um, Jordan Peterson oh, is another goodness. author who's making the rounds this week. He's yeah. got his Fox book. Fox and Friends. I saw uh, <laughs> this morning at Donald Trump's favorite TV show, uh, Twelve <laughs> Rules for Life. Uh, that's the name of his book. 12 Rules for Life, an Antidote to Chaos. What, what do you think of Jordan Peterson? I don't know what to think of these people. Like, So Jordan Peterson, um, he became famous because he didn't want to um, uh, give acknowledgement to gender pronouns. Is, is that is that. Is that right? He, he that was didn't first... want to be forced, uh, whether be forced. by the law or policies at the University of Toronto, um, to 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 make it considered wrong uh, uh, to not call people uh, uh, by a particular pronoun. He he didn't say that he would not do that if he was asked to do so. Yeah. Um. But rather, he was taking a stand against the idea. Of enshrining this in law, in, yeah, uh, making it a code of conduct for for him, a, a U of T professor, and yeah, he he came out of nowhere for a lot of people, but oh. but here was a guy who was working towards this goal for for years and years. He he had a book deal uh, before he turned up on on YouTube. He had already had a Patreon going 
hmm. uh, a, a couple hundred people maybe at that point in time. Now it's um, up to 10,000. He's, he's making a million dollars a year Canadian just from crowdfunding. Selling his it's his self improvement program. This is a <laughs> this is a, a a phenomenon like like we we have never seen again, before. Again, I I don't know what you know. You could ask that same question that you asked about David from what gives him the authority. Um, and and, I, and again, I nothing gives him the authority except the people that that give him money every single month that want to put him on the air that want to uh, write about him. Um, you know, you and I speaking about him now, you know, give him that authority. Um, otherwise, well, he's, he's otherwise also, nothing. yeah, but he, he, he's a Harvard professor. He's a clinical psychologist. He, he actually knows something. He's, about he's something. studying and he's got a degree and, he, and he's been teaching and he's got, I, I believe he has tenure. Maybe he doesn't. I'm not really. Yeah, yeah. He, he has tenure. You know, so he's got tenure. So he's, so he's got all of those things. Um, and what strikes me as, as uh, very strange is that. Um, you know, the university says, hey, listen, this is how we want to treat our children, our kids, our students. Um, and he goes, screw you. I will treat them the way that I want to treat them. And I am going to now tell Canadians that I am being forced to uh, to do things that I shouldn't have to be forced to do. Um, and, and now here he is. He's got he's got a, a book now. He's he's down in the state selling his book. Uh, he makes millions of dollars a year on, on Patreon over yeah, well, well on his way. I mean, yeah. th this book will be a, a huge bestseller, but um, he, he used to appear on, on TVO a lot. He would be on the agenda, the, yeah. the Steve Pakin show. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's still a lot of clips on him for, from that era. Um, he, he was uh, maybe maybe less comfortable in, in front of the camera than he is now. Uh, uh, sort of had like a like a bad goatee, one of those mouth mullets that that we all had about uh, ten or fifteen years ago. <laughs> um, and and here he he he's reinvented himself, right, as this uh, uh, superhero character. So what was he? Evil genius, jo Jordan Peterson. Yeah. What I mean, what was his his shtick? You know, back in the day when he was, you know, when he was still, uh, you know, an unknown, but you know, known. A bit, you know, whether it was having the book deal, whether it was, you know, appearing with Steve Pakin on the agenda. What was your stick then? Well, ta talking about how to sort yourself out. That's his catchphrase. One, huh. one of them, at least. Psychological issues, right? Mm. A lot of people out there with a lot of problems uh, who need somebody to give them perspective. Uh, uh, who doesn't need that? The, the question maybe is, yeah, whether he's the right guy to be delivering this message, given the fact that he's become such a polarizing figure. Yeah, and 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 I think you know professors like Rick Meta um, so are sort of following this twelve steps to success. You know, get a Twitter account, um, start you know tweeting about things that uh, are contrarian, uh, and, and don't and, back and what down. happens? Somebody starts a petition. Yeah, and, get, and get him, get him removed from the university. Yeah, but 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 you were following this uh, Rick Meta. I mean, he he wanted to be known. Of he, course, he was looking yes. for attention. What did you get out of I reading his thoughts? I, I hardly anything because I don't understand what he's talking about, except that, um, you know, like uh, that uh, former uh, conservative senator uh, that you know he thinks uh, generally that residential schools. Uh, from what I can understand, you know, residential schools were a good thing. That's what that's what Rick Meta is saying. It, it, you know, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad taking children away from their parents and their homes 
and their communities and putting them in these residential schools. Um, and, you know, as, as a professor, um, you know, same thing as Jordan. You know, he's, he's wildly contrarian uh, on, on, on this side and, uh, you know, getting getting some buzz. You know, he's not – I don't think it's exploded. I, I don't think a lot of people uh, in the mainstream media – uh, have taken notice, but similar to Jordan Peterson. Well, it's it's not as easy as it looks, right? People think, oh, I'm, so maybe I'm just going to get. I'm just going to get up there and say a whole bunch of inflammatory things, and I won't have to be an anonymous academic anymore. It doesn't doesn't matter which side you're on, right? Uh, this is this is a new path to some sort of popularity, right? Maybe uh, you don't you don't have the job security that you well, want. Is that it? So that so my my overarching question about all of this is. What's up with these professors? <laughs> well, well, well. My overarching question is: Why are we sitting here, uh-huh. us middle agers, talking about <laughs> what goes on in universities? Right? When did this become mm. such a hot topic? When, when did the antics that go on uh, uh, at different campuses become become something that that older people had to concern themselves with? There was wow. all sorts of silliness at universities back in the nineties. There 90s. always was. Sure, you were there. You remember it. How much of it was ever enshrined on the internet? How how much of it ever ever made it into the mainstream? Did you did you uh, uh, ever have an incident, something that that made news while you were at school? Hmm. Was there ever any student union debate that 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 uh, the mainstream media wrote about? Do you remember anything like that? No, did that we happen? just we just went on strike quite often. <laughs> that's that's all I remember. But you're right. You know why why I think we're I think. There are there could be a few reasons why we're talking about this. Number one, uh, social media. You know, I, I think it, I think we should not ignore that um, platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube uh, have enabled people to, um, to to publish their thoughts uh, and to and to you know give it life and, and send it out there. There, you know, we don't need to wait for cameras to come to us. We don't need to have a PR. Uh, agency, you know, go to the papers and say, "Hey, I've got a great story for you. You should write about my client." You know, we we don't need to do that anymore. Um, we can just uh, open up an account online uh, and, and start "quote unquote" speaking. So I think that's I think that's number one. Number two, um, I think that generally all the media is talking about the same things, right? We're talking about Trump. We're talking about um, the Oscars. You know, we're talking about these things, and so. Publishers are, I think, are, are looking for new stories. Uh, they're looking for things that will get clicks and eyeballs. So whether it's a Jordan Peterson figuring out there's millions of people out there, I just need a few thousand to give me some money and I can make a living, um, or, or whether it is a Rick Meta thinking that um, maybe I can copy Jordan and, and figure out this thing on my own, or whether it is publishers figuring out how can I get eyeballs so that I can sell subscriptions or that I can sell clicks to advertisers? They're looking for unique stories, good, bad, ugly. Uh, and so when professors are talking about, I don't believe in this he, she thing, um, when uh, professors are talking about, yeah, residential schools, no big deal. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, some online publishers take a look at that and said, you know, I need the money. I'll take this story. And let's see what happens. I, I think and and what about then? Uh, we we have some some younger academics out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're angling uh, online. It seems like uh, they're they're on Twitter all the time, uh, trying to take the other angle. 
I can be the the left liberal version of Jordan Peterson. Sure. Yeah. I can. I can. I can be the person that brings the truth. Yeah. Uh, uh, to the unwashed masses who need to hear what I have to say. Well, everybody wants to say something, right? Everybody wants to be heard. You know, whether it is serious topics like you know the ones that sometimes we discuss, um, or whether it is just nonsense on on who you think should, you know, host the Oscars. Uh, and yet, look, the, the, the stakes have been raised. Yeah. Uh, you need to find the right hook at the right time to I break so. on through. So yeah, I, I, you, you have to give credit to Jordan Peterson that we're, we're sitting here talking about him tonight as he embarks on this book tour and mm-hmm. uh, fi- finds his uh, uh, lectures being canceled, right? Venues refusing to host him, mm. uh, going on British television on, on Channel 4, right? Getting into a, a debate on camera. Which which was all set up and 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 got all sorts of attention, right? I mean, yeah. this guy is is now a a, a big hero in Great Britain, <laughs> where where a lot of people hadn't mm. heard about him a few weeks ago, um, be, because he was able to uh, uh, decimate this this interviewer who was uh, uh, taking uh, uh, some some opposite positions to his, um, and and of course he welcomed the debate. That was part of the game, yeah. To go on camera and and talk to people who who disagree with you, um, and, and he, That's he must smart. have he must have been doing it well. He must have done a good job. Listen, he's I've, going to sell a lot of books. Yeah, I've I've sort of tested this thing on on Facebook last year. Um, I'm hardly on Facebook anymore, but you know, I I would take contrarian points of view just to get engagement, so that. Something else that I would post would would, would hopefully, um, you know, trick the algorithm so that you know posts that weren't so um, engaging. Well, or what, what, so what were these contrarian points of view here, Kareem? Get, so, get so it out w- here. One of one of them that I remember, the timing was just bad. Um, it was last year before. It was the day of the women's march. I just happened to be home. I think it was a Saturday. Um, and I, 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 I put something on Facebook, something to the point of, um, you know, why do we care about um, other countries' presidents? With, with no clue that, oh, my goodness, there's this women's march going on all over the world. Um, and the, um, the catalyst for this was the election of Donald Trump. And there were dozens and dozens of dozens of comments of people that, yes, I am Facebook friends with, but had never commented, had liked or done nothing with my stuff before that just piled on top of me. And after a while, I go, oh, shoot, there's this woman's march. And maybe the timing seemed, you know, it, it seemed bad because it seemed that I knew what was going on and I was just pushing. Um, and, and I did because I had no clue, but I knew that I was contrarian in my, you know, in just that, you know, that, you know, funny, um, sarcastic statement that, that I sometimes say in real life. You know, I put it out on Facebook. Um, and so, you know, I, I saw that, oh, I see what's going on here. And so I would do that. You know, before that, when um, when the Quebec shooting happened um, a year and a couple of months ago, um, I put up a image of, uh, you know, the blue and white, you know, the Quebec colors with the Quebec flag with the mosque in the background. The mosque shooting. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was at this time, this week. Around this time. Uh, a year yeah, ago. yeah. And, and, and so I put that up on Facebook and Twitter, um, and I challenged everybody, hey, how come you put up the, you know, how come you change your avatars for stuff that's going overseas? How come no one's changing the avatars? And, you know, times have changed. You know, I, it seems less and less people are doing that. But, you know, I, I, was, I was challenging 
uh, my quote unquote followers, Facebook friends, and so on. Um, so and, I can and how did you how did you feel at the end of the day? This this big time suck that you got into. Right? I know, eh? seriously. Well, nobody's mind was changed about anything. No, nobody's mind was changed about anything. People uh, probably formulated concrete thoughts on who I am or who I am not, um, and it whatever doesn't doesn't bother me. You know, one iota. Um, but the one thing that I got out of it is understanding that hey, there's a way that I can trick the Facebook algorithm to give me more exposure to give me more comments to give me more engagement and so if i wanted to do that if i wanted to get those results i knew and know what to do from a, from an organic perspective okay so right? here we here we've learned on your podcast that you're actually no better than anybody else uh, <laughs> david from jordan peterson yes. kareem kanji <laughs> all a bunch of contrived hypocrites we just yes aren't we all mark <laughs> <laughs> trying to to monetize your opinion and, and 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 figure out how you can turn these inflammatory debates yeah. in, into cold hard cash. Yeah, but on on the flip side, I wasn't doing it for those posts. I was doing it for to be honest with you. I was like, how do I get more engagement on my posts about me sitting down with Mark Weisblatt of twelve thirty six? And here we are. Now, you want to talk about Facebook and, and some of the changes that are happening there. I, I figure professionally, <laughs> if not personally, this is something that, that you're, you're, you're it's fascinated with, even if you don't go on Facebook a lot. Yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, these days. You know, so Zuckerberg you know, put out a blog post. Apparently, he's done this over the past few years. Here's what I want to change about my life. And I think one year he said I wanted to learn a new language. Uh, another year he said he wanted to run every day. And I think this year he says he wants to make Facebook better. I think yeah, last it. year it was I wanted to visit all 50 states, right, and, oh. and hang out with the hoi polloi and learn about, <laughs> learn about the real America. Yes. That, that, that was his shtick last mm. year. Um, and so he wants to make Facebook better. And the way that uh, I'm understanding that they want to do this is that they, they're changing up the timeline. They're changing up the timeline uh, to you know, so that when you and I go on Facebook, we're going to see more of the people that we want to connect with. Um, and so we're, we're, you know, so the understanding is, oh, will we see less of, you know, these viral videos that, um, you know, some of these brand new media companies that have popped up, um, you know, are producing every day now? Will we see less of those? Um, will we see less of the Toronto Star um, postings about stories that they've got going on? Um, and 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 really interesting because one of the reasons that I understand that. Zuckerberg did this was because they came under fire um, around the world for, um, you know, allowing, uh, you know, in, in the United States, allowing the Russians to uh, influence the American election, apparently. Um, and so they wanted to change, quote unquote, fake news uh, on Facebook, uh, because, of course, he says they're not a media company. But all of us know, um, I, at least I do, that, yeah, Facebook's a media company. That's where you go for, you know, consuming media. Well, what they also did was was on their platform they they facilitated opportunities for mm -hmm. for new publishers, right? So yeah. BuzzFeed would not be what it is without Facebook. Absolutely, um, Vice, Vice in, yeah. in, in the form that it is now uh, sure. uh, would, would not have uh, much to go on. They wouldn't have a five point seven billion dollar valuation. 
without Facebook. Mm -hmm. Vox was another publisher, right, Uh, uh, that does all sorts of websites, Vox.com, right, the news explainer site, um, and and then they've got uh, websites on on, uh, pretty much every other topic, including um, uh, SB Nation, right, the sports blogs, right, a a, a whole bunch of content farms happening for every every team in every league. Uh, none of, uh, of these companies would be where they are today, right, w- without the idea that you'd be using Facebook yeah. as their primary distribution platform. So uh, uh, whether they're, they're uh, uh, big or small, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're at a point now at the beginning of 2018 where, where they're all really just starting to freak out because mm-hmm. they're, they're not sure what's going to happen. Every indicator is that they're – their traffic will go down mm-hmm. uh, because of the changes that they've made to Facebook, mm-hmm. that they'll have to find some some other angles uh, uh, to get that attention and find that mind share because in, in, in a lot of these cases, you're dealing with uh, investors, venture capitalists mm-hmm. who are looking for a return, right? They're, they're, they're not going to tolerate anything except, except aggressive growth. So uh, uh, this this might be uh, the cusp of, of an apocalypse uh, for <laughs> uh, for a lot of, of these uh, media you know companies what? that have come up in the 2010s. Yeah, you're right. I, and you know, so for example, what does this mean for the Rebel? Um, what does it mean for Ontario Proud? What does it mean for Canada Land? You know, what does it mean for these uh, independent media um, operations? who have used Twitter and Facebook and their algorithms uh, to, uh, to publish and extend their reach um, to their audiences. What does it mean to them? It means – so it means two things. Number one, they're not going to necessarily be in this quote-unquote new and preferred timeline uh, of Facebook's. But in the, in the examples you mentioned, the yeah. ones that are Toronto-based, sure, yeah. um, th- those three examples, right, you said the rebel – Mm-hmm. Uh, Canada Land mm-hmm. and and Ontario Proud. Do people know what Ontario Proud is? It's it's a uh, a third party advertiser that's come up in time for the Ontario provincial election. It's interesting that you call it that because I don't know if the if the uh, the owner or, or the person that takes care of it will call themselves a third party advertiser. Well, what would they call it though? I because don't know. That's what it is. I, I, I think he'd he'd say uh, I, I think he'd say I don't like the policies of the Liberal Party federal. Um, or provincial, but but it but is it's interesting you say that. Though. But but it is a moneymaker. It is a business, and the idea mm. is uh, uh, working with within the law, yeah. uh, the 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 new rules for the Ontario provincial election mm. of June 2018 uh, that allow people to advertise advocacy uh, 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 that that uh, uh, takes a political position, and in the case of Ontario Proud. It's going against Kathleen Wynne, mm-hmm. uh, the provincial liberal party, and everything that it stands for. And, yeah, how, how uh, uh, Ontario Proud has gotten to those people, it's a guy named Jeff Ballingall, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's gotten a, a, a fair bit of press for his tactics. He's, he's completely transparent about what he's doing, Oh yeah, as far as I can tell. And he's figured out, you know, how to, you know, trick the algorithm to say, okay, I just need to, you know, contrarian views – very out there. Let's let's drum up. You know, let let's get my titles right. You know, let's get everything that shows up in the mobile newsfeed just right, so that people will stop and get angry or get excited and take action. And and it represents the future, I think. Unless unless Facebook blows them out of the water, because well, I think they they've gone through all these postings, right? Shit postings. Oh. That's what they're called. That's the that's the 
technical term for them. The shit posting came up in the 2016 oh. U.S. election. That was that was uh, part of what contributed to Donald yeah. Trump winning. Oh, absolutely. Shit posts. Yeah. Um, You've never heard that term? No, before? I haven't. I, I, I use it a lot. Twelve thirty six. Um. So so yeah. A, a lot of this is 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 really dumbed down material. But it's a case of trying to connect with people yes. uh, uh, in, in, in the uh, uh, topic areas that they're interested in, right? So, so not everybody is a member of the media elite. What no. goes on in newspaper columns is of, of, of very little interest to the typical Ontarian. Nobody right? wants to read anymore. They're not following right? all these, no. these debates and dialogues. They, they just want things that are really basic. So Ontario Proud – uh, uh, the Facebook page had a had a meme the other day, something to the effect of there was a picture of a of a of a of a big yellow school bus uh, plowing through snow in mm -hmm. in 1978, showing how 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 back in our day, you know, we 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 used to uh, uh, ride for for miles and miles in the snow, and then next to it a picture 2018 of you know a couple little slush puddles around a bus indicating that the the school was canceled. Right, those special <laughs> snowflakes yes. today in in, in in public school, uh, who who can uh, no longer leave the house when when the weather outside is a is a little bit frightful. So <laughs> memes like that uh, represent oh, yeah. Ontario Proud's way of connecting with people. It's it's it, it's it's kind of manipulative yeah. because there there isn't an overt uh, a political angle to these sorts of posts, right? But it's but it's somebody it's, putting across a, a sensibility. We right? need to change things. We need to go back. We need to go back to the good old days. We, yeah, back to the future, yes. right? If you <laughs> if you remember Ontario forty years ago, and make Ontario great again. Run by Bill Davis and the Progressive Conservative Party. All we have to do is get rid of Kathleen Wynne, and it will happen all over again. Yes, we'll, we'll be able to ride the bike with no helmets. We'll be able to have our school buses magically go through the snow. We'll be able to gobble up all those tied pods without yes. any any fear oh, of falling ill. Every, everything will, will, will be like we remember it. Yeah, uh, uh, better than ever. So that's a message he's putting across, and and I know they're watching closely at the Ontario NDP because they realize that they have to do something like that too if they're going to get the the point across, right? Mm -hmm. A more a more uh, 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 left wing progressive party, um, then they also have to reach these people. They have to figure out how to do it. it it's not just a, a, a right wing thing. So so what are your thoughts now? This the, this then eventually dumbs down the lecture. This just dumbs down the conversation so that. We just listen to to snippets of information, right? So we so we will listen to uh, a Donald Trump like person, whether they're on the far right or far left or anywhere in between, as long as they say these small little short words that you and I and a great fiver can understand, um, rather than the complexity and the nuances of policy, you know. So they will listen to uh, the Kit Kat restaurant that puts up an ice sculpture of the middle finger. Yeah, that makes sense to me, but please, I don't have the time to wait or listen to a uh, an official study of whether or not the streetcars are making things better or not. I, I can understand the middle finger, and I can understand the guy yelling that things aren't working, um, but you know, I don't have time to read a proper report. And, and yet, here's an example of some successful messaging, right? Whether you agree with the guy or not, this Al Carbone of the Kit Kat restaurant on on King West, yeah. protesting the streetcar pilot, right? The fact that, that cars can't 
uh, uh, freely ride back and forth along where his, his restaurant is anymore. They they have to make turns, right? The streetcar is now Heaven king. Heaven um, <laughs> And even if you think it's completely ridiculous, you have to agree that the whole idea to make these ice sculptures with a raised middle finger yes. above <laughs> the words spoken by Pierre Elliott Trudeau in 1971, fuddle-duddle. <laughs> right, that that's not really what he said, but no. but afterwards, when the reporters asked him, right, yes. did you drop an f bomb <laughs> in the House of Commons, and he said, no, what I said was fuddle duddle. So, bringing back uh, fuddle duddle for for a new era, new yeah. generation, uh, the the time of Justin Trudeau, uh, you you can disagree with everything this guy stands for. You can dispute the statistics all you want, right, about the fact that. Uh, maybe his restaurant business is going down on on King Street because I don't know the the weather was a little bit stormy this yeah. year through the holiday season, and I think another factor is that um, the theater there, uh, uh, what's playing now at the Mervish Theater, is uh, the Lorax, right? It's yeah. a play for for little kids mm-hmm. and their parents, and they're they're not going to go to this uh, Italian bistro. A whole bunch of different. Yeah. Uh, factors were discussed. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it was all about the ice sculptures. Yes. And that's what he got. That's what he got attention for. So it worked. It was perfect messaging. Perfect messaging. For, perfect for the, marketing for the social media age. So, you, and, so and you'll so, give him that much. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so I'll give him that much. But what does it say? You know, what does it say it to to our society? To you know, to this country? To to what's going on when all that matters is the effectiveness of getting attention rather than the effectiveness of making things better, right? So is it more important to uh, enable people to move around um, more conveniently, uh, more efficiently, faster, or is it more important to craft a message that grabs attention but doesn't necessarily make things better. I, I appreciate all your earnestness here, Kareem, but you've got to realize what we're up against, right? I mean, this is the reality. This is this is how things work. Uh, uh, the, the idea of uh, of digging deeper, uh, there, there, there isn't enough interest there. There never really was, right? It's just that the that the gatekeepers have have changed. That 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 it, it's no longer being filtered right through the hmm. through the same traditional networks that we grew up with. So, uh, to, but yeah. but it doesn't mean just because you have access to all this stuff doesn't mean that people are going to get any smarter. It's easier to get a now a two hundred eighty character tweet with an image rather than a five thousand word or five thousand yeah five thousand word essay in the Globe and Mail. 280 characters? Who has time to read 280 <laughs> characters? I, I, I think uh, uh, the past year, 2017, ha, it's got to go down mm. as the worst year on record uh, uh, for, for mainstream media and professional journalism, right? Can it get any worse than it already did? The way that everything has been uh, reframed and and rephrased around a, a predictable set of, of heroes and villains. Um, and at the same time, all these people on social media, mm-hmm. at, at the same time, with, when there, there's never been more diversity in the media. You, you've never had access to more perspectives. But, sure, sure, but, sure, but, sure. But, but for some reason, somehow, it's never enough. 
right? Everybody's still doing everything wrong if you if you listen to the <laughs> comments, if you pay attention to the critics. So when will when will everyone be pleased? Never, I, never, no, never. It will, it will never happen. No, because there's always you know one person or one view that is different than your own, and so you know whether um, you know so th there'll always be a place for a Jordan Peterson. You know there'll there'll always be a, a, a place for a, a Jesse Brown. You know, there'll they'll always be places for them, and they'll always have their communities, and there'll always be people that disagree with with their opinions. But but what if you're 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 somebody like me who's out there every day, yes, right, working in the in the trenches, in the in in the content mines, yeah, uh, trying to put something together, and and always eager to hear a new voice, right, to find somebody who's got something to say that's a little bit different from anyone who's ever come before. Yeah. Um, and, and I haven't been able to find a, as many of those voices mm -hmm. as, a, as I would like. Uh, we're, we're, we're not seeing people taking advantage of the tools that are out there, right? And a lot of these tools are free or, sure. or, or at least really cheap, right? Yeah. To, to start your own website. Uh, uh, launch your own podcast. Do do something on YouTube. I mean, uh, uh, countless people have taken advantage of this opportunity. But mm -hmm. you know, uh, here here we're still seeing countless people mm -hmm. all day, all night, all year, agitating uh, about the fact that, that 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 they don't have a voice. That what they say is not being represented. Um, if if they want it so badly, why don't they get it together and do it themselves? Could it be that people actually want there to be gatekeepers? That, that they still want the Globe and Mail editorial board sure. to sit in a boardroom and determine what they have the right to read? Uh, are, are, you, are you not getting the sense, uh, especially as time goes on, that, 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 that maybe all, all people want is, is somebody to be in charge? Some sort of authority to tell them what they should think? Because if you get rid of that, if you take that out of the equation, right, mm -hmm. there, there, there's no one to rage against. There, there's nobody to yell at to, to say that they're doing something wrong. And I, and I think that's the, that's the visceral thing that, that, that most of these people are just looking for. Because, mm -hmm. because uh, oh, where's, where, where are the new examples uh, uh, that reflect what people uh, uh, want to say? And, and you know who are the characters? Who who are the different personalities that that, that we're not hearing from, yeah. right? Who who come out as a as a fresh voice with with something different to offer? Because they should be they should be out there all over the place all yeah. the time. I mean, I would tripping look, I, over one another. I would look to you to tell me who those new voices are. And I would look to the, you to tell me. <laughs> I listen. You're the one that 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 consumes hundreds, thousands of podcasts. Um, local and international, I believe. Um, you know, you're the one that has the pulse on um, what's going on locally uh, here in Toronto. Um, but I, I think you're right in a number of aspects. I think number one, yes, I think people like to complain. Uh, it's it's so easy to complain. We you know because we want everything perfect. We want we want to go into Shoppers Drug Mart and hear a freaking computer not have vocal fry. Like how? Like why are we? Why was that even a topic? Of discussion. Well, I, I made that a topic of the discussion. Was that right? you? Yeah, that was all me. Why do why do people go Who into cares? shoppers? Why do people go into shoppers drug mart and complain about posters that say, "Hey, mom, we've got some free OHIP plus prescriptions for your your kid under twenty five 
and, and the fact that the posters say, hey, mom, uh, got, got oh, numerous people on sure. Twitter complaining about it. Yes. Well, what, what have you got against the patriarchy? Well, yes, exactly. So people will complain about everything. So, so whether people complain about things like that, whether people complain that the new Star Wars movie didn't have enough badass men in it, and there's too many badass women in it, you know, people will complain about everything. It doesn't matter. There's no, it's not like a seesaw where you can find a point uh, within a seesaw where it doesn't go up and down anymore. That does not exist. You're either going to be going to the right or you're going to be going to the left. Uh, And no matter where you go, there are people that want to be on the other side, whether it's just for the clicks or whether it's that in their hearts and minds they truly believe that their definition of the way of life is, is better than everyone else's definition. Okay, but but isn't it fun to join a pile on that everybody's contributing to making somebody's life hell, right? Because they 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 said something that a that a certain consensus didn't agree with, right? We have somebody mm. like Margaret Atwood who's suddenly one of the the enemies out there, um, and and you know what what she was involved with it, it's gotten so complicated. The, the the criticism that's that, that's lovely is, is, is this about the, the condo stuff or is this now about you know women's place in media it's it, you know, it's all so of the many, above yeah. it's, it's her wondering am i a bad feminist yeah for, yeah for believing one. in due process yeah. right when it comes to this guy stephen galloway writing professor at ubc mm-hmm. um who who uh, uh you know had some allegations against him yeah and uh she was advocating for the idea that 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 these should be you know properly in investigated yeah. through legal channels and this whole this this whole rush uh, uh, to censure the guy and 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 ruin his life mm-hmm. um, o- over things that uh, uh, legally uh, uh, didn't seem to pan out as people wish that they would yeah um, that uh, you know uh, uh, maybe we should we should wait for the system uh, uh, to do its thing right before we rush to judgment but then then another story comes up right like the the issue of of the hijab that the mm. uh, 11 year old girl in scarborough yeah that she claimed that that an asian man came after her with scissors one morning on her way to school right uh, uh she described him as as asian with a mustache and and that he was just he he, he was looking to do this to any any child that he could find uh, uh, she she made this claim that this complaint um, and, and the school got involved and the police reported it and the next thing you know she was giving a press conference right mm. the the Toronto district school board was was supervising putting this 11 year old girl in front of the media to tell her story mm-hmm. on a Friday afternoon um, and and, yeah. and and the end result was uh, uh, by Monday that they found out that that, that the happened. whole thing yeah the whole thing uh, uh, was was sort of a hoax yeah uh, it never really happened um, now uh, do we uh, do we uh, take a stand against this 11 year old girl do we actually uh, uh, hang her out to dry for saying something that wasn't true what what did you think when all this was going on it was interesting. Um, because, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, I have an 11 year old and, um, it would be horrifying. Number one, if he was attacked because of the color of his skin, um, or number two, that he would make up a story. Um, and, and I, I would like to say for the record, 
no one knows what is happening, who said what anymore. They, we just know that we believe she said this, and now we're told that what she said wasn't true. And so I asked, well, what exactly did she say? Because no one has, no one has written this is exactly what she said or this is exactly what happened. We just assume that. But anyways, that aside, um, my first thought was that sucks that this happened. Uh, number two, I now re- understand a little bit why the media uses words like allegedly. Um, because I guess everything's allegedly in- until it goes through some sort of a process to figure out exactly what happened and what the consequences are going to be. Uh, and then number three, it's very interesting that you ask, should we you know, put the blame on this 11-year-old child? Um, and, and the other option is, should the blame be put on those people uh, who supervised this press conference or enabled this press conference to happen? Because I believe almost every day there are children who tell fibs, whether it's to their parents, whether it's to their friends, whether it's to their You have one teachers. of them living under your roof? Uh, yes. He tells me he brushes his teeth when he, when he hasn't, you know? He said he's fed his fish when maybe he hasn't. You know, so who knows? You know, you and I, as as children, have told fibs. Uh, this girl apparently told a fib to a person that took it very seriously, and everything that happened after that, we can now look in hindsight and maybe you shouldn't have done that. Would you have your your eleven year old up in front of the media at a at a press conference? No, there shouldn't have been no press conference. There shouldn't have been any of this sort of stuff. It's like you go to so if my son had come to me and said, uh, "Papa, this is what happened to me," uh, you know, if, and if it if it's at school or on the way to school, now the way my son goes to school is very different than many many children. Um, but if this happened, like the school was across the street, um, and and this had happened to him, um, you know, maybe I'm talking to the crossing guard to see if anything if she saw anything. Maybe I'm talking to uh, the parking lot monitor. Maybe I'm, I'm telling the school, hey, my child won't be in school today because, you know, he's, he's a little upset. Uh, you know, maybe she wanted to stay home and play with her brand new Christmas toys. Who knows what happened? Um, but I wouldn't call the television stations. I wouldn't call the newspapers. Maybe I'd call the police and say and ask my son to give a description. And maybe I find out, you've been lying. This ain't it. This ain't good. Right? And, and so... No one would know except maybe a couple of people at school, maybe the officer at the scene, and maybe one or two of his friends and, and, and his mom and me. No one would know in the city of millions of people. No one would know. You know, The mayor wouldn't have put out a comment. The prime minister, the premier, this wouldn't have made news overseas if, there w- if the school board or the teacher or the police or whoever decided, yeah, this is a smart thing. I think we should have a press conference, and I think an 11-year-old girl should be there, and I think the mother should be there as well. So so how do you think this reflected upon the whole issue of Islamophobia, right? Because the hot takes were flying all over the place afterwards. You know, I, th- I think it's very uh, sensitive. Every, everybody was on fire, right, about, about, about the fact that you know, even though this story wasn't true, mm-hmm. it exemplified the fact that there are all sorts of people out there who, 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 who hate Muslims. I want to go after them at all costs, yeah. uh, do whatever damage that they can, right? Uh, uh, Justin Trudeau said, this isn't Canada. This isn't what Canadians do. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that his statement was 100% accurate. 
It wasn't yeah. what Canadians do. Because it never happened. Um, but I wonder how many of these things do happen that we don't know. But that's that's another that's an, an aside. What was really interesting was um, I think that uh, you know balanced individuals. You know, once it came out that the police said you know this event did not happen, that balanced individuals would put the magnifying glass if it needed to be put on someone. Um, it would not have been the child. It would have been those in authority, right? It would have been someone at the school or the school board. It would have been somebody at, you know, at, at Toronto Police. It would have been you know, those. Those are the people uh, that we should have been then questioning. Why did it escalate to this stage? Um, and those questions might have been asked, but it wasn't. It didn't seem to me that that was the focus of the questions. Um, it, it seemed, you know, you know, for for some. Um, media outlets, uh, specifically on the right, um, it was, yeah, we're going to tell everybody, um, although we did mention the girl's name before, we're going to continue mentioning it because that's the story. It's the girl that did wrong. It's this Muslim 11-year-old girl that did wrong rather than we need to look at those in authority that enabled an 11-year-old fib to go international. Okay. Uh, one of the angles that nobody would dare uh, uh, comment about in, in public, maybe maybe some things came up a little bit on talk radio, sure, uh, perhaps on on Twitter, Facebook, other social media. Um, but you know, if 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 we're projecting all these thoughts upon an eleven year old girl, uh, uh, what about the 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 imaginary narrative that mm -hmm. uh, um, the the reason that uh, uh, she she uh, claimed that that her uh, hijab was was cut off was was the whole fact that that she didn't want to wear it sure okay so so you can accept that as a as a potential scenario absolutely how many times did i go to school back when i was going to parkley forest uh with my mom putting me in a ugly brown snowsuit it was embarrassing i hated the color brown um i felt bad in it um now for this child the hijab was sim very similar. It's not that, uh, as an 11-year-old, she says, I don't believe uh, in Islam. It was, um, I don't want people looking at me. I don't want to be okay, different. But, but what if she didn't believe in Well, then Islam? maybe she didn't. Maybe she didn't. I, I don't know. We, we, we talked a bit here about our respective backgrounds on sure. the previous podcast, yeah. right? You, you talked about uh, uh, being, what, Ismaili Muslim, yep. right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so how much religion did you grow up with? Um, a lot, a little, medium. I mean, it was, I, I don't know. I say I, I wouldn't know what a lot is. What I find interesting, though, is that when you compare it to those people who, um, you know, talk about their upbringing, whether it is as a Catholic or as a Muslim or, or, or Jew, um, and then, you know, doing all of these, um, you know, things, these practices, um, these, these cultural practices and, and, and so on, um, it was no more, no less. Sometimes it was the same. Sometimes I go, wow, that was a lot. You know, with me, you know, my parents just, you know, were a good example. Um, you know, there was no alcohol in the house. Uh, we never ate pork. Um, you know, we went to mosque almost every single Friday. Um, you know, there was an example that they said it was, you know, there wasn't, um, you know, I remember getting our, our house uh, redone and the contractor happened to be, uh, a Muslim, and he'd go in the basement and pray. And sometimes I'd I'd have music on 
um, just in, you know in the house generally, you know, um, and he would say Muslims don't do that, and and it it confused me, you know. So there's different ways. There's different. Um, it's like it's like that seesaw. There's there's different degrees um, of um, of practice. There's just different different interpretations, you know. So for me, it wasn't. You know, my parents have never worn uh, a hijab. Um, you know, my sister never, you know, my wife never, you know, my mom, you know, most Ismaili Muslims, you will see that they don't. Uh, but what we will do is if we go to a country where that's the way that men and women dress, you sort of, it's like the Rome, you know, thing, right? You know, do as, you know, in, when, while in Rome, do as the Romans do. Now, if you sprung that question on me. As yes. a Jew, yeah. I would be stammering even more than you just did, right? Because <laughs> because I I would be I would be nervous, so wondering uh, am I am I saying the right thing? I, I yeah. know that I, that I grew up around a lot of it. I went to yeah. a Jewish private school. Mm -hmm. I went to Jewish summer camp. Yeah, um, a lot of uh, uh, the religious aspect was discussed. Yeah. It was taught. Yeah. Um, it was considered something that you should have reverence for. Sure. But actually— You went on that trip to Israel? Uh, actually, I, I skipped that one. You, you're I mean, the one yeah, Jewish too, too much of a rebel. Well, I, I did it. Everyone seemed to go. La later in life. Later, okay. Well, wait. they made it free. And of when, course! when it was finally free, though, I aged out of it. I was too <laughs> old. They changed the the age. They made it a bit older. I might have I might have qualified at one point. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, I grew up around a lot of Judaism. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there 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 was uh, an awful lot of irreverence uh, involved. The 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 whole idea that okay, you know, you're you're surrounded by this stuff. Uh, uh, you're taught everything about it. You know, uh, uh, culturally, you're 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 imbued in in, in this tradition. Um, but 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 ultimately, a lot of this is old world, right? And, sure, and here yeah. we are living in modern times. Mm -hmm. And un unless you want to become like a rabbi or something, sure, uh, you 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 probably don't want to go through all this trouble. Listen, and, there, and that, yeah. that that was a, that was a sensibility that surrounded me growing up. Yeah, there, I, there's there's a uh, she's probably now twelve, going on thirteen. Um, you know, a schoolmate of my son's that um, sometimes uh, as, as a, an 11 year old and 10 year old, she'd wear a hijab uh, and other days, you know, she didn't wear a hijab, um, you know, and maybe she was having those same conversations with mom. Was it about, you know, people look at me or I don't feel comfortable or we have gym or um, it's picture day or, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't believe like who knows what these kids are, are but, but you don't you see you don't you don't see that represented in the media i, I don't remember reading any stories about mm -hmm. you know uh, a tween girl who who decided not to wear her hijab on some days and and w would wear it on others right you you don't see a lot of this out there it, well, i don't it, know like media don't talk to kids right you know don't we leave them alone unless they're a kid of of a, of a pop star or a superstar, and then we but, but follow you, them you, into the you, clubs. You don't you don't see it portrayed, right? You you don't see it discussed. It just doesn't doesn't come up. You know, I I, I, I agree with the fact that that most people in this this pluralistic Canadian society that we're mm -hmm. living in right now, yeah, yeah. right? You know, the more the more secular that that the community gets, uh, the more likely people are are, are are going to be freaked out, yeah, by by religious symbols around them. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's it's going to happen more and more, isn't it? it uh, I don't know. I I disagree. I don't think people. I don't. Again, maybe I live in a certain type of a bubble where it it doesn't matter whether you cover your face or cover your head or you wear a dagger or a turban or you grow your beard out. 
Um, does you know those uh, those symbols are are your symbols? You know, other people have you know whether you wear a necklace with a cross on. I mean, there's so many things that that we do to identify ourselves, whether they're religious symbols or not. Um, you've never come into the studio without a ball cap on. You know, that's part of who you are, right? Um, you know, it's and it's 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 a it's a, a cultural fashion statement by you. Um, uh, and I wouldn't think twice if you had a Star of David necklace around your neck, you know, made out of pure. It wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't think me. there's any religious significance to the Star of David around the neck. Oh, I will I say, know. but they, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, but, like but let me spring. Me, I'm going to spring something on you, though. Okay. What What happened to me in my life as yes. I got a little bit older? Yeah. As certain things happened. Yeah. I became more interested in Judaism. I identified more with the traditions yeah. that at a younger age I was surrounded by and yet was never given much of a reason to care about them, right? Mm -hmm. So so as I got into my 30s, yeah. um, uh, this, this, this whole universe of uh, uh, Jewish ritual and prayer and thinking, it, it started to speak to me more than it had in, in, in the years before. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and I, I, totally I, get that. I took a lot of it on. Um, and and, and I, I, I haven't taken it off. Um, it, it's still a, 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 a bit of a, a, a fascination of mine. Now, mm. I, I'm never at the level that I want to be at when okay. it comes to uh, how, I, how I follow through on these things. Yeah. A, a lot of stuff is, is still unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, but I got to the point where I couldn't live without it, and mm. I needed to be able to access it as much as as possible yeah. so that's something that worked for me but i recognize yeah. that i'm part of a larger society yeah. that would find a lot of this confusing and they wouldn't know what to make of it right huh. so and, and and when i bring it up uh, in a context that's yeah. more uh, uh atheist agnostic uh, secular you know i i there, there there's there's nothing evangelical about about Judaism. Mm -hmm. I, I I think um, at, at a certain point, maybe when when people are taking it on, yeah. And I, I I went through this phase at, at least a little bit, yeah. Asking people who were Jewish, mm -hmm. you know, why don't you pay more attention uh, uh, to these traditions? Okay. Why are you not celebrating these holidays? Yeah, I yeah. I you know I I wasn't giving them a hard time about it. I would say. I was just curious, why am I drawn to this stuff yeah. uh, that you know uh, a lot about and, uh, that, that, that we grew up with together? Mm -hmm. uh, why isn't it speaking to you yeah. even a as it's starting to mean something to me, right? Yeah. Um, eventually, I, I started to connect more with people within uh, you know, Jewish communities, mm -hmm. right? And we're talking about from you know the most uh, uh, lapsed liberal to uh, 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 the more uh, uh, right wing conservative orthodox side of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know I, I, I pride myself on on being able to to uh, uh, walk the walk and talk the talk and speak the language of all these different approaches to uh, Judaism. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, for me, like it's it, it's become a, a, a central focus of my life. In a way huh. that, as a younger person, I never imagined. 
right? So, um, you know, I see the role that, that religion has in society. Yeah. You don't hear as much about uh, 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 the Jewish religion these days in, mm-hmm. in, in, the, uh, in the public square. I mean, hear too much, right, about, about Jews and Israel and anti-Semitism. I, I don't know what somebody like you makes of the fact you're always hearing stuff about Jews. I mean, you know, uh, uh, there was some old uh, uh, maxim in the media like Jews are news, right? Any, 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 any situation, you know, where you could could talk about uh, 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 what was happening with the Jewish people would be would be newsworthy, even if it was happening to anybody else. It would be it would be totally trivial. Um, And and now culturally, you know, that that that's now shifted a bit, at least at least to some degree now. Right. Where 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 the Muslim community is the thing that's in the spotlight all the time, right? True. This, uh, and and it's, it, it's Islam that politicians seem to be the most concerned with appeasing. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, they're, they're, they're also always going after a, a Jewish vote and, and, and any special interests and, you know, how, how Canada feels about Israel. That, that's always on a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, 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 flesh pressing and, and glad handling that, that, that goes on when it when it comes to specific Jewish causes um, but 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 here we have uh, we're, we're going through this era this period right now right where, where Islam is more in the spotlight did you did you ever think that this would happen that you would hear about it all the time it seems to me that it's always happened like it, like that's just where my headspace is at is that um, you know when, when you talk about you know religions under attack it's it's the the Jews and the Muslims that have been quote unquote, you know, attacked, or that we see these things happening, you know. So whether it is, um, um, you know, Jewish uh, graveyards that that are being desecrated, um, or uh, Muslim mosques um, that that are being uh, um, attacked, or whatever the case may be, uh, it's always happening. It's and it has always happened. There's never been a time when, so, oh man, you know, Muslim is the new black. You know, it's, it's, you know, for me, it's never it's never happened. Um, the, I, I was checking my Twitter feed because I thought I retweeted something. But I, I want to ask you a question. Um, so I saw this tweet in my news feed, something to the effect of um, one cannot um, sympathize with uh, the Palestinians without being called anti-Semitic. Something to that effect. I want to ask you, from you know, from your perspective, can one be sympathetic to um, the Palestinians? Um, I don't know. If, I don't want to. I don't know if the word "cause" is correct, but let me just use that. Can, can one be sympathetic to them, but also not be anti-Semitic? What are you doing to me, Kareem? <laughs> You're the one that started on, on this thread of t- of talking about your religion and stuff. So. Um, I just want. I just want to, I, I, because well, I, for me personally, it's yeah. not. It, it, it's not much of a fixation. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm just being honest, right? Okay. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like my experience mm-hmm. of, uh, of of being Jewish, of, of Judaism. Again, whether you know, I was I was coming at it from a uh, an indifference or uh, uh, becoming more involved. Um, all this stuff never really seemed to come up. It was always there in the background, um, but but I think that that my position, my aesthetic, uh, my values, I'm I am i am just more interested in seeing 
uh, uh, the Jewish people mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of move forward as an entity. There's yeah. a, there's enough infighting as it is, mm-hmm. um, but uh, at the same time, uh, I'm I, I'm in journalism, working in the media, yeah. and, and when people are arguing with one another, that that's something to get excited about, right? So so uh, always when 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 people are at odds with one another. Uh, that that's what that's what headlines are made of, mm-hmm. um, and uh, a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the stuff that, that, that I'm taking in and, and, and also putting out because I, I do some some Jewish journalism on the side. Um, a, a lot hmm. of it is, is is based on on Jewish people being at odds with one another. Um, how ah. uh, how uh, uh, Jews relate to the rest of the world? Yeah, um, uh, that isn't really my topic. I I, right. I don't know that I don't know that I'm going to live long enough for this to become something that's on my mind all the time. But what I do know, yes, as somebody that's involved <laughs> with religion, yeah, is the fact that uh, uh, in in all of its forms, yes. right, uh, um. Religion uh, 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 confuses and 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 complicates uh, uh, every discussion. And if you're 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 dealing with somebody, you know, uh, who who's trying to be uh, a part of this world that 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 is envisioned by the Liberal Party of Canada, right? <laughs> where they don't want to give funding to summer job uh, uh, programs, right? Uh, uh, with 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 anybody who's aligned with the with the uh, uh, pro-life movement, right? Because because they fear that that's a that's against the the values that they espouse. Um, this is a debate, a, a dialogue that, that 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 that's never going to end. But as as somebody who's involved with religion, a religion, yeah, yeah, um, I I I can see where somebody would have the the the, the courage of their conviction to to stand up and say. Uh, uh, that that uh, uh, the Canadian government should not be telling me what to think when it when it comes to uh, abortion issues as right? it, as it's it pertains to as it pertains to getting funding to hire students. I totally agree. I yeah, totally just agree. just stay out of it. Don't go there. I, I, uh, why was it even like th- so? Why well, was well, that why, even why, part why, of why 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 do ca- why? why do Catholic schools get 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 funded in Ontario? Well, that that's like an 1867 debate that apparently somebody won. Um, that that's my understanding. Okay, is, is that but, this but goes why is all it still going back? on? But then, but then people get all confused when they when they hear that a Catholic school is teaching Catholicism, right? Yeah. Whether, whether it comes up with these uh, gay straight alliances um, or or abortion issues or premarital sex, right? Like like in a Catholic school, you know you're. You're you're told what you should and shouldn't do, mm-hmm. um, and and once in a while something like this will will, will yeah. show up in in the headlines. Isn't right? this part we'll of the great the media. compromise between English and French? Is that the Catholic schools would get funded? That's my understanding of it. But my opinion is that have all the Catholic schools you want, have all the Jewish schools you want, have all the Islamic schools that you want, um, but the funding should come from that community, right? Um, public schools. Funded by the public, Muslim schools funded by the Muslims and whoever are friends of Muslims, who whoever wants to, right? That's I, that's I went to I, I was at Toronto City Hall for a um, menorah lighting on Hanukkah, right in mm-hmm. in mid December, um, and uh, uh, John Tory was there, yeah. right? His 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 background is is partly Jewish anyway, I at least from his mother's side, a okay. matrilineal. Uh, uh, 
passage of, of uh, who's Jewish and who's yeah. not by that definition. John Tory is Jewish. Okay. He doesn't, doesn't talk about it. No. He doesn't doesn't identify that way, mm-hmm. but as, as far as uh, any technicality is concerned. Uh, anyway, this was uh, a, a lighting that was put on Festival of Lights, right? Uh, they had a lot of free wine. I drank as much <laughs> as possible. Um, also, uh, some, some oily uh, uh, food to eat. Sure. Some uh, 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 latkes, mm-hmm. uh, potato pancakes. I don't know if you've ever had those. Uh, Sounds these, delicious. These were little latkes and also uh, uh, certain kind of donuts okay. that were rather greasy. <laughs> um, and, and the whole idea being that this food represents the oil uh, that was uh, uh, part of the miracle, the holiday of Hanukkah that the uh, uh, lights uh, uh, stayed lit for, for, for eight days mm-hmm. inside the temple when the Jews were, were under fire. Um, and uh, here the symbolic lighting that took place. Uh, and, and as I said, uh, uh, the mayor was there along with, with some other politicians. Sure. It was a very nice reception, very yeah, yeah. symbolic. I walked yeah. out of there thinking, why does this go on? Huh. What is religion doing in Toronto City Hall? Huh. I don't think there should be any prayers said of any religion, including my own. Uh-huh. In 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 this sort of uh, these public spaces. municipal building, yeah, I don't think it should be happening, and and this this is something that that I was totally in agreement with. Hmm. And like I said, I, I I I had all the free wine I could drink. Um, it was a, a a pleasant enough atmosphere, but yeah, I don't I don't think there's not, I don't think there should be any religion in 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 Toronto City Hall. What about any kind ever? So I agree I agree with you in the sense that, um, you know, we shouldn't. Uh, th- there shouldn't be this overarching before you start the day or before you start a meeting that there shouldn't necessarily always be a prayer of some sort. No, get but, rid of it. Yeah, I agree with you. But what I what I what I can what I do understand is when, as a city where literally every type of religion uh, lives in the city, um, every single country that's out there, we've got immigrants from all over the world. I think it means something to. Um, to the residents of the city, whether you are from that community or not, to have these sorts of recognition events that we recognize that, for example, Toronto uh, is a city that has uh, a large Jewish population uh, that are not just residents and citizens of the city, but have done uh, enormous things to help build the city. And it, it, but, but to which I say have it in a, a private environment. Have it in a in a synagogue. You know have what, it in a fair, Jewish community. Center. I don't mind that the city celebrates it. I don't mind. To me, I don't mind. What I do mind are two things. Number one, I mind that um, I don't think it happens anymore. But I, I I mind the Lord's Prayer being recited in public venues as a matter of course. You know, before we start school, before we start a meeting or whatever, I I do mind that because that seems to me as this is what we do. You know, regardless. So I, I do mind that. I do mind the national anthem being recited at sporting events and all over the place. It's like, what the heck does that have to do with anything? So these sorts of things, I mind. I don't mind that the city will celebrate uh, Hanukkah. I don't mind that it will celebrate Christmas. I don't mind that it will celebrate Eid. Um, I don't mind that it will celebrate all of these other things. I don't mind that it celebrates uh, Pride Month. I don't mind these things because what, to me, what it shows is that it shows all of us Toronto is more than just 
um, a white middle-aged man. It is all all of this. And that's one of the things, you know, there's a lot wrong. Like you said, you know, can always point at things that go wrong. There's a lot wrong, yes, in the city, but there's also a lot right in the city. Well, what I'm describing is like yeah. the most benign and benevolent <laughs> thing. And, you know, here I am trying to make it. How issue else would you have free wine, Mark, if, if, if we didn't celebrate Hanukkah? <laughs> but, but yeah, it, uh, look, it didn't occur to me to, yeah. to take a bunch of pictures there, put them on Twitter, right? Sure. And, and, and uh, uh, ridicule everything that was going on. Now, I don't know how, how, how deep this podcast is going to go, that anybody is going to listen to this. I, I might have just gotten myself blacklisted from any of these events put on uh, uh, by, by the Canadian Jewish lobby. You know, the fact that I, I, I was uh, hanging out there, um, you know, at, at their uh, uh, holiday occasion um, and, and just scowling through, 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 <laughs> through the entire thing. Although I, I was uh, maybe a little bit too drunk yeah. uh, uh, be- before it was over. Just, it, was, it was just a, an after work thing. Um, so, so. Look, we're, we're going to have to see where, where, where it all goes, right? Uh, religion is not going away. No. Um, and everybody's got to figure out how to live together. Um, Agreed. And, and, and as long as, as there are differences, as long as, as, as people uh, are into different practices and, and, and publicly exhibiting the fact that you know, they, they have a different belief system, mm-hmm. uh, there, there, there are going to be clashes, right? Sure. There, there will be conflict. All, all over the place. Wherever there's a difference, right? Whether it's the color of our skin, whether it's the way we dress, whether it's the way we pray or pray or, or don't pray, um, or you know the way we believe taxes should or shouldn't be spent. I mean, there's always differences. And um, so, so then, uh, why do you have to read column after column after column, mostly mm. in the Toronto Star, uh, 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 coming to the conclusion that, yes. that, that, that we're surrounded by racists, that, that, that around every corner, right, is somebody who, who wants to give us a hard time for believing in something uh, different than they do. Have, have, you, have you come across a lot of this writing? Uh, does, do you pay any attention to it at all? Well, do I? Yes and no. It, it depends on who writes it. It depends on the argument. What I will do is I'll read it. You know, I will read Um and, and I do read the Toronto Star because, you know, there, there's a few writers there that uh, I think are worth their salt. Um, and, and so I, I will read uh, um, I will read an Ed Keenan. I will read a um, uh, – I can't – oh, my goodness, I'm forgetting his name. He's coming on my podcast. Um, but, but a Campbell, uh, Morgan, Mor- Campbell. Morgan Campbell. Morgan Campbell. I'll, you know, I'll read – you know, I, w- I would read a Desmond Cole when he was there. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll read this stuff. You know, there, there's some writers – uh, that I can't stand when they write at the Toronto Star, um, and and so you know, but but I'll you know I'll read them, um, and you know there there are people that are both uh, on, on the right side politically and on the left side uh, politically, um, but you know ab- about this you know there's a racist behind every corner, yeah there is and yeah there's not you know there there was a story in the Toronto Star a little mm. while ago toward toward the end of, of 2017. Uh, and, and it stood out for me in a different way. It was about a, a, a Syrian refugee uh, who had a, a background in journalism mm. and, and decided to start up his own newspaper. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, not only on uh, Facebook and websites, but, but also uh, in print. It's, it's called The, the Migrant. Um, and, and in this story, which ironically was, was in the star, uh, uh, there he, he was uh, speaking about the fact that, that, that as far as he could tell, 
right, among, among some people that he met in Toronto who, who were, uh, uh, you know, whether uh, uh, they were uh, uh, recent uh, uh, Syrian immigrants or, mm-hmm, or, or mm-hmm. from elsewhere in the region, uh, that they were not seeing enough positive stories about what people were doing, right, that, that, that all they could see was cynicism mm-hmm. and negativity. And, and, and people who were, who were dragging out the darkness about how people were treated. Uh, sure. so, so he started up his own thing. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was complaining, that, that, that too few people uh, are, are willing to do. And here's uh, someone uh, that fa- decided to step up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, found an audience, yeah. uh, found advertisers to, to, to write, sure. about, write about success stories. Yeah. Now, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of this stuff is, is, is kind of boring, right? I mean, it's a community newspaper about sure. people who've, who've started businesses, who are you know, adjusting to life in a, in, yeah. a, in a different society. I mean, it's boring to you and I. Well, it might also be boring to them, but but people like <laughs> people like reading about their friends and neighbors and people around them. This is the this is the oldest trick in the book, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to journalism, re- re- reflect, tell the stories of, of the people surrounding you, yep. uh, so that they can tell their their friends and you know their parents, their children mm-hmm. uh, that they made the paper. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know I, I I do that as well. I work with the Canadian Jewish News, which yeah. is a a long-standing Jewish community thing, mm-hmm. um, and I, I write something in there uh, every week these days, o- only in print. Um, so you know, so that's, I can't find it online. Because no, no, this not is something online. brand new. I'm finding out about you, Mark, and it's 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 it's, it's refreshing. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm doing their equivalent of like the the comics pages, re- <laughs> regurgitating okay. these stories of, of 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 people arguing with one another on the internet. That's well, that's I'm, where most of the material comes here's, from. Here's so so. Along that thread, let, let me ask you this. This is one of the, one of the things that I that I said. I, I I'm curious to sort of understand um, what happened or what didn't happen with the Shermans. Like huge uh, couple in terms of their impact and their footprint uh, in the city across the country globally. Some would say um, are found according to newspaper reports hung in or near the pool in the basement somewhere um, and boo, right off the off, off the top there's you know these whispers in the media was it a double suicide was it a murder suicide was it a murder what happened and um, it, it seems there's never been one media narrative uh, it, it seems there's been different narratives um, and it continues to change all of a sudden, we're here doing a murder mystery <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this is like a whole new season of Serial that we're, there you we're go. going to start. Epis- episode one. Um, I don't know what happened. However, uh, what here, do we here know? You had, what, what do we know? Yeah, uh, what uh, do we know? You've, you've got the wrong guy. Talk, <laughs> talk to Joe Warmington. It was, in fact, uh, uh, Joe Warmington, the night scrawler. Why of does the Toronto he know Sun. so much all of a sudden? Because he's got sources. He pals around with police. He's been doing it for for decades. So um, he was the one that put out there that the police were were chattering about the notion that this was a murder suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, uh, logically, uh, that that that's a hard one to follow. It's not entirely implausible, but the way that the the, the scene was described, 
Um, it, it, it didn't sound like something that, that, that uh, uh, one of the couple could have perpetuated upon the other. But mm -hmm. we don't know what happened. No. Um, we don't know this for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when it comes to the scenarios that, that end in, in, in this sort of tragedy, mm -hmm. uh, these things never discriminate. It doesn't matter how much money you have, right? You can, you can end up in a scenario uh, where there's a, a, a murder-suicide situation involving a, a husband and wife or, mm -hmm. or, or some sort of uh, a domestic discord that, that leads to that. We, we, don't, we don't know that for sure. They, they, so they, they had this big funeral, right? I mean, we've never seen anything like this no. before, right, with, no. with all these uh, uh, politicians lined up, uh, uh, dignitaries. Not for, like a, not for a private citizen, right? This is never – I've never – not in my lifetime I don't remember – this happening with a private citizen, and, and don't remember it being televised and yeah. scrutinized, and, and and the subject of of all sorts of attention. But but you know, it had a, had a lot to do with the fact that that nobody knew how these people died. Now into 2018, this uh, Sherman family announced that that uh, they were they were uh, uh, dissatisfied with the police progress on this. Mm -hmm. Right, that they 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 only described the deaths as suspicious, never said anything more. And uh, 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 they, they said they were hiring their own private investigators. Hmm. Uh, the Toronto Star, Kevin Donovan, uh, he, he, he got them to uh, speak to him, or they volunteered mm -hmm. the information, uh, where on the front page of the Star they declared they were murdered. Mm -hmm. So Both uh, of them. Both of them, that in fact uh, this was a scenario, uh, perhaps you'd imagine a, a contract killing mm. uh, done by people who uh, left the country before the bodies were found. Um, and uh, uh, reporting on, on this is what uh, detectives had to say, I guess ethically uh, uh, it's all right to do that. You're, you're telling people what's gone on. You're making it clear this is not what – what the, the police said, this was not an official statement. Hmm. Uh, but at the same time, these private investigators, to the, the best that I could tell, uh, they never entered the house. They never saw the crime scene. So this was where uh, Joe Warmington came out and said, uh, uh, yeah, you know, you, you've got some, some PIs out there, private investigators, and they can come up with their expert conclusions but it doesn't have the same credibility as if uh, uh, the cops were the ones saying this. Sure. So, uh, um, you know, we, we have a bit of a, a, a clash there as a result. You know, do we – what do you think? I, I mean, we should, we should trust the police that if they had a statement to make, they would have made it, mm. that there's enough public interest about this fact? Because if, if there is a, 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 a killer roaming the streets that pulled this off, somebody in Toronto, is that not – uh, a public safety issue? Is mm -hmm. that not something that we should be worried about? Uh, so this is where it all gets confusing and complicated. But uh, uh, the, the end result of this and the, and the fact that, that this statement came out, and again, it was something that a lot of people had speculated. Yeah. But it was never enshrined in a mainstream media report. So mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the, the case of Barry and Honey Sherman, yeah. uh, who, who died uh, uh, around uh, uh, the 15th of December, that's when the bodies were found, um, 
we're, 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 we're now seeing a, a whole resurgence of interest in what happened here, right? Yeah. American news stories, which uh, didn't pay much attention to the story before, uh-huh. all of a sudden, right, we've got a big murder mystery on our yeah. hands and uh, uh, different outlets picking it up, including the Associated Press um, and uh, uh, giving this story the prominence that it, that it didn't quite have on the first round. So uh, this, is, this is the sort of attention that, that, that money can buy. I guess, right? I mean, that's kind of a, a snarky way of looking at it. But, it. but if it wasn't for the family paying for this investigation, which is rumored to be costing like a, like a million dollars, if, if they didn't have the, the money for this, um, we, we, we wouldn't be hearing anything at this time. But maybe the police have a different story to tell. Yeah. Maybe we'll hear about it in, in due course. Maybe we won't find out anything at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe, it was, may, may, maybe this was too complicated. For the Toronto police to handle, but but at some point, you know, with the with the amount of resources that were were, were delegated to investigating this thing, it was evident by uh, uh, the different people that were camped out around side uh, uh, around the house, uh, the fact that they were they were uh, uh, looking through through the sewage system, right, trying to get hold of ev- every camera, every dash cam, any shred of evidence anywhere. Uh, it, it really comes down to the fact: do you, do you really want to to be circumventing the police? Do you do you want to you know completely take uh, uh, justice into your own hands? And and will any of this be effective in hmm. finding out uh, who was responsible and how this happened? I I guess we'll have to wait and see. Maybe by the time I'm here next, we'll have the answer. Yeah. We we've talked about a lot of stuff, Mark. Um, I want to I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, last time you were here, you know, I, I believe we, we, we have this on, on, on tape. Um, there was talk about a 1236 podcast, sort of the, the extension of this, uh, this media empire that, that you're building. Um, what is happening with that? What is happening with that, Karina? <laughs> well, I am uh, working with St. Joseph Media, yeah. uh, and uh, they are, are – uh, responsible for everything that I'm doing with the 1236 brand. It's mm-hmm. uh, really been a thrill to, to have this little ride here. I, I'm the one that comes up with the content, mm-hmm. and we put it all together, but, but it, it only works the, the way that, it, that it's been working if, I, if I've got St. Joseph behind yeah. me. So yeah. uh, podcasting and the whole idea of uh, publishing some form of audio, uh, that would be a whole new frontier. Yeah. For this company. It's something that they've never done before. Mm. Uh, so while I was more than happy to just put something out on my own yeah. um, and figure out how that could be done, um, it, it, it's still a, a wait-and-see approach sure. to find out if uh, uh, this is something feasible for them to do. And in the end, uh, uh, 1236 would, would, would benefit you know, from, from going along with something uh, uh, that they can they can try and monetize. So this is life in the big leagues. Not yeah. th- not that I mind talking about it. it I sure. guess it would be uh, uh, somewhat surreal if the legacy that I'm leaving behind, in, ad- in addition to everything else I'm revealing about myself in here, <laughs> in, a- in addition to everything else that I'm spouting off into this uh, uh, Pacific Junction Hotel microphone, yeah. which, which I'm going to regret the moment I walk out of here. <laughs> We're, we're, we're going to have all, all this material where I'm, where I'm on a bunch of different podcasts talking yeah. about how I wanted to do one of my own yeah. and never have anything <laughs> to show for it. Centuries from now, yes. people will be uh, uh, looking around in vain and wondering, whatever happened 
to that twelve thirty six podcast. But I, I think I, I mean you've had this this uh, project going on in here now for uh, a couple of years, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, where do you think the whole podcast game is going in twenty eighteen? It's it's uh, everywhere and anywhere. I, I you know what I do not know where it's going. I I do know that you know there's there, there's companies that seem to be you know pop popping up. There was a study that was released last year called the Canadian Podcast Listener. Um, one of the authors of that, Jeff Alster, is starting his new starting a new podcast company to help uh, brands monetize with with podcasts. Are, are you working with him? Is this uh, no uh, no product placement? No no definitely not. Um, he's he's uh, not him. But there's also uh, E1 Entertainment recently. Uh, got into partnership with another podcasting entity um, uh, with a gentleman named Stuart Cox who was on the um, on the secret path project um, and and so there's these entities that, that are popping up you know we've got um, Jesse Brown that has uh, a few podcasts under the Canada land uh, umbrella we all know in Canada that CBC uh, is, is the king of, of this content um, you know these podcasts uh, as well here in Canada, there's a bunch of Canadians that have gone down to the states and are successful uh, with with podcasts. Um, and, so and not enough hours in the day. And not so not enough hours in the day. And, and in, in Canada, the the thinking is is that if we if, if advertisers are, are are wanting to advertise on podcasts, um, and these podcasts are charging a traditional CPM, you know how many listeners, how many downloads must one have in order to become financially viable? Uh, there you go. See, I'm off the hook in what I was trying to say <laughs> about about the. There's uh, not enough money in it, <laughs> right? So, so if so, if no, but 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 things are changing, right? I, I mean, we talked about Facebook uh, no longer uh, uh, being that destination for for news. So, so mm. it means that that everybody's got to think differently and 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 reshape yeah. how, uh, how how they get things out there. Sure. Right? So, so uh, uh, the sands will continue to shift. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, the will anybody make money on this thing? And so I don't know well, if that's well, the well, question. Well, li listening to like an hour, an hour and a half at a time of people talking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's for everyone. No, it's uh, not. This this hasn't quite been figured out yet. So no. uh, uh, in talking about uh, twelve thirty six podcast, yeah, the idea was to make it short form, mm -hmm. uh, twelve minutes and thirty six seconds long. Would yeah. something like that work? But. Yeah, it's it's only gonna work if uh, we can do it regularly. Yeah, uh, not necessarily every day, uh -huh. but but put out a lot of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what what complicates things a little bit. And um, look, I mean, you know, any any uh, uh, successful media, it, it it has to have a a habitual element to it, right? Something that, that you, yes. we, we we may not be bound. By a specific grid, right? Sure. Uh, uh, we may not have to tune in at, at exact time slots, mm -hmm. um, but but you do have to have to carve out a certain amount of attention in, yes. pe in people's lives. Absolutely, you know, wh whatever you're doing. So the, these different ventures you're you're describing, these podcast networks, mm -hmm. the strategy has been under one umbrella that you you put out a, 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 as many shows as you can think of, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is where all the the old TV pilot ideas have, have gone to die. 
people yeah. people would, would yeah pitch around uh, yeah. Uh, uh, different different ideas for for talk shows or cheap programming you know mm-hmm. it's especially in Canada right I mean uh, you 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 had this big boom of uh, of TV channels that started up and and you know it was you know how cheaply can we do this show how you know how can we have a bunch of people sitting around discussing stuff yeah uh, you 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 watched all these these panel shows you know how how can we do this uh, uh, as cheaply as possible and 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 get uh, uh, some sort of return um and and now i think that that's now moving into the podcast medium mm-hmm. right uh, uh vice land the television channel rogers pulled his that's investment gone. from it that was that was big news the, the channel uh, uh seems likely to be restored in some form uh but but the amount of money it costs to put a, a specialty tv network together yeah mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just do a bunch of audio it's a it's yeah. a lot more uh, uh cost effective so uh, if you're asking me where where it's all going, I, I think that's also something we'll have to follow up on yeah. here next time. Uh, uh, see where 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 it all happens and and where everything lands. Um, at the beginning of the 21st century, I was I was uh, uh, making a, a transition in my career, right? Trying to figure out how to how to move away from print mm-hmm. um, and and get into online journalism. Yeah. It didn't happen so fast, especially when there was that initial dot-com crash around 2000, sure. 2001. The outlets dried up. The opportunities weren't there anymore. But it was it was clear there would be some sort of future in digital journalism, mm. right? It, uh, whether it was going to be bigger or smaller or how much people were going to be worth in this world, uh, nobody knew. It was all, it was, it was all unknown. I, I, I recall a, a, a posting online for, from uh, uh, David Marsden. Uh, Marsden is a, a legendary radio guru in Toronto mm. uh, with the uh, uh, early days of uh, uh, a top 40 AM radio. I mean, this, this, this guy's career uh, uh, goes back at, at this point 55, almost 60 years. Uh, he posted something online, 2000, 2001. Uh, I, I, I think we're at the, at the dawn of a 20-year transition. I read that at the time. I thought, 20 years? I've got to wait 20 years before this is going to be figured out? Hmm. And yet here we are, almost at the end of the first 20 years of the 21st century. Are we there yet? Has it happened? Or is there another 20 years to come? Oh, no. Are we going to live that long? (laughs) Thank you, Kareem. Thanks for coming by, man. It's Taco Tuesday. You want some tacos?
You're some...